Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, Teresa Trung. Teresa, thank you so much for joining us. You are the founder of Loop Link Inc. And we're going to talk about uh, a very, very important message for every business founder and CEO to listen up to. Uh, And I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So, Teresa, from a high level, what does Loop Link do? Yes. So from a very high level, Loop Link Inc. is a management co- uh, consulting firm, yeah. and we help small businesses um, optimize and refine their business operations um, so that they can run uh, more streamlined, more smoothly, and without the founder's uh, direct or indirect involvement. Yeah. Isn't that the dream? How often do you find this the case when you're just chatting with business owners that CEOs are just, they're just overtaxed, overwhelmed. They're just fully consumed in their business. And, uh, you know, they signed up for this deal because I think, you know, they wanted to make a big impact in the world, but I think ultimately, you know, the allure of being able to have a little bit more time freedom, uh, it's, it's very compelling, but the reality is, you know, unless you're very proactive about making that happen, uh, it's very, very easy to create a, I don't want to even say a full-time job. I want to say two full-time, three full-time jobs is not uh, out of the norm. Yes, that's right. And, you know, it just really, I, I can't, um, I can't express how often I've seen it particularly if you're in the business building phase where, you know, you took a risk and you uh, dove into business because of that, that dream, that flexibility, that freedom, um, and just the ability to, to choose, um, you know, your own path, your own initiatives. And very quickly, as you begin to build your business, you get swallowed up in all of those hats that you have to wear um, from being your accounting department to being your marketing and sales, and then also continuing to run behind the scenes operations as well. And very quickly, um, you know, CEOs are finding themselves working 50 to 70 hours a week, and that just drips into their weekend as well. And slowly, they just kind of started seeing their freedom fading. Yeah. All right. So how do business founders and CEOs get themselves free? Teresa, I listen, I'm with you. I don't do a lot of on the fulfillment operation side of things, but I definitely have a very full schedule. Like I'm, I'm like maxed out and I'm okay with that short term. Right. So I've got, you know, we've definitely got a plan, um, but, but you got to help me out. Where, where do I go? How do I start on this? Yes. The biggest thing is to really ask yourself, what do you see yourself doing in your business? Because sometimes, um, you know, CEOs can can uh, have different uh, capacities, have different passions and have different skill strengths as well. Many of my CEOs who I work with, they love marketing, they love sales. And so that's where they still want to be involved in their business. Yes. And that's where, where they really um, can continue to build their business with uh, sustainability and scalability. 
And so usually we start there in really defining, you know, what their role will be and then where they really need to start filling in the gaps for. And usually a lot of the times it starts off with the administration um, area because, you know, you're still answering emails. You're still trying to um, send out invoices. You're still doing very, uh, you know, a lot of the low level tasks as you will. And so a lot of it is just really defining the buckets in your business and then make a plan, make a strategic plan on how you're going to be able to support those areas of your business and reclaim a lot of your time back from. And we're in a digital space now um, or era where we have so many different types of tools and platforms can that can really help automate a lot of those functions in our business, mm-hmm. but also be able to train a team that will be able to oversee and manage those areas for you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if somebody, and let's talk about the sales side of things, because that's where I spend all my time. Um, And, um, you know, so thankfully I've got some really great operations managers and, you know, director of operations who she's just absolutely fantastic at doing what she does. Um, But what happens, particularly if someone is, um, let's say they have, um, they're doing account-based marketing, right? So, you know, it's like everybody wants to talk with the owner, Right. And it's like, I don't know how I can free myself from this when, you know, the customers want to talk with me. Um, you know, what, what can they do? Yes. And I think a huge part of it is in the way how you are addressing it with your customers as well. Usually, you know, I've seen this over and over again, where it is truly like, you know, the CEO who's holding the initial relationship, but how do you start branching it beyond yourself? It's by really starting to power up the team behind you, me, my team and I, let me introduce you to my account manager. Let me introduce you to my sales manager. They're going to take care of you as much as great as as I would. And so it's really um, starting to go from I to we. And that's the hardest jump because a lot of the customers and the relationships that you hold really want to continue to tie, um, you know, uh, keep that tie together, right? But mm-hmm. once you start expanding it to the we, then we start formulating what would be the ideal schedule for the CEO to then continue to build upon those relationships, but not necessarily as much as um, it once was. So for example, if you were talking with your customer on a weekly basis, maybe you can touch base with them on a, uh, once a month or once every two months, still holding on to that relationship, but it's more so of like a check-in to see how your team is performing or building upon that relationship and how you can continue to improve that. Yeah. So when you start working with someone, how, what does, what does engagement look like? I mean, how, how, what's that process? So I'm just trying to think of, you know, someone is like currently, you know, they're running the company, they're overwhelmed. Um, How do you work with them? Yes. Initially, what we would do is a um, high-level consultation. It's very important to really understand where the state of union is within the organization, within the business, and to really understand how involved the CEO is in their business. And so usually if it is a CEO with a micro team with one or two team members, um, we kind of really start diving into what the process flow looks like. So what are the different areas that currently exist in the business? So for example, the sales and marketing, 
and then fulfillment, and then also as well, the follow-up system. And if one of them are uh, is absent, then we start diving into to see where the gaps are. So which means what's working, what's mm. not working, where are the constraints being felt in the business process? Where do customers seem to fall off in their customer journey as well? Because in um, a lot of the account-based businesses, um, you know, Onboarding seems to be the trickiest part because if onboarding is not uh, fluent and if it's not succinct, um, that's where we see a lot of the issues start, um, you know, transforming or showing up during Mm. fulfillment. And so those are some of the elements that we kind of tackle through the discovery process. And then if we find that there's a good fit to continue working together, then we start my own onboarding process with the clients. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, share maybe some stories or a case study or someone that you've worked with and kind of what what was the before and after? Yes. So one of the, I guess, um, case studies that I've seen um, uh, that that uh, I can share with is a SaaS-based company, a uh, software as a service company that I worked with a few years ago or just uh, uh, pre-COVID. Um, and, you know, when I first started working with that uh, company, I was brought on um, to do more coaching um, with his team. So that way we can really close some of the gaps that, we, that were being felt in the process side of the business, um, the operation side of the business, because as much as he was able to bring in new clients, um, we had really high churn rates. And so one of the elements that we wanted to focus on was um, how can we streamline a lot of the clients? client onboarding process and also the client checking process. Mm. And so um, I believe we had about, um, you know, well over 10% of churn rates when I first started working with them. And very quickly, we realized where the gaps were, which was in the uh, follow-up of the communication. And so we started developing um, plans, templates, and just a recurring um, structure so that the team members or the account managers can really reach out and touch base with the customers Mm -hmm. as we go through the onboarding process. Um, And once they started, um, you know, utilizing the platforms. And so by implementing certain things where it was, um, you know, uh, I consider as a domino effect, where it's just one piece of the process that um, brought in a lot more ROI. So it had a trickle effect um, through that. And so by being able to nail down that one marker, that one milestone, we were able to really turn around um, how we were performing onboarding and also increase the capacity of onboarding as well. So that itself really started bringing in more uh, capacity, more clients, but also being able to grow the team because now we were able to replicate a lot of that process and hire more customers, uh, success managers. And so we were able to uh, simultaneously reduce the churn rate, but also increase the sales at the same time. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, what What do you see? I, I love that we're talking about onboarding and, um, you know, that process. Do you, do you get involved um, in the sales side of things as well? Like, so for example, um, you know, someone might come to you and like, listen, I've got like 40, 50 people in play. Um, they're, we're not closing them. Like they're, they, everyone's like, you know, they want to buy, but then I don't know, coming up with that more frictionless way to just kind of get them moving in. Uh, is that something you've addressed? That 
isn't something that I addressed because I work in my zone of genius, which mm. is more so around processes, operations. Yeah. And so usually I'd like to stay away from the sales side of right. the strategy um, because, you know, as much as I can, you know, effectively manage my own sales process, I just am more behind the scenes. And so yeah. usually I work with the CEOs. They understand what their sales strategies are already. And then we just build the systems to be able to streamline that. So for example, if they know that we have a leads, like we are, um, we have high lead generation, but mm -hmm. we're not able to quickly capture the information or turn over that information within 24 hours. That's where we start assessing the systems on how we can really start streamlining that, disperse it to the sales team and capture the information. So that's the part that I work within, not necessarily the sales strategy piece itself. Why do you think that there are so many, it, when you start working with someone, um, they don't see the opportunities for efficiencies in the way that you might see them? Yes. Um, I think a lot of the times it's because the CEO is so close to the mm. forest. Yeah. Um, you know, when you start out, you, you, you're building the plane as you're, you're, you're starting to fly it. Right. And so some of the strategies, the processes that we just kind of like pushed ourselves into, um, just made it work. Um, but it may not necessarily be efficient for someone else to, to do it or, um, you know, to delegate and make it an, an quote, quote unquote, an assembly line, um, to be able to streamline that process. Right. And so usually it's really good to bring in someone who is, um, you know, who has a, a, a fresh objective to be able to see where some of the, um, the log jams could be, see where some of the constraints could be and where some of the efficiencies can be really br be brought in. So instead of having it 10 steps, maybe you can reduce it down to six or seven steps and still pr uh, produce the same results. Yeah. All right. So Teresa, your website, um, and let's uh, pull this up. Let's oh, gosh, where were, I lost my window. Oh, this is so embarrassing. This is so amateur hour. Dear, uh, Teresa, your, your website, please share the yes. URL. Sure thing. It is Loop Link. Link, Link oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is, yeah. We're running a professional operation here. It's all good. It's all good. Tech happens, right? <laughs> Yes, but it's you can find me at looplinkinc.com. That's L-O-O-P-L-I-N-K-I-N-C.com. And and so we'll talk about like when someone goes to looplinkinc.com. Thank you. Uh, what, what should they do? What should they look for? Yes. So if you're starting out with just really um, just refining your operations and building out your systems, I would definitely say look for a lot of the free resources that are on there. Yeah. Um, I have a free SOP bundle that um, you can, um, you know, download and start uh, building Ooh. out your own SOPs for. Yeah. Um, and so there's various uh, different playbooks that you can also take a look at um, to bring into your wheelhouse as well. Yeah, I like this. What's in the SOP bundle? Yes. So within the SOP bundle, it'll give you a table of contents where you can actually do a brain dump of all of the processes that you are um, currently doing in your or currently have in your business. Mm -hmm. um, you'll also get an SOP template where it'll walk you through how to build an SOP. Uh, and then an SOP is a standard operating procedure. Um, and then also as well, it'll give you a instruction guideline on how to, to really think through what kind of SOP you want to build. Because a lot of the times we think that we have to build out or uh, write out everything, but that might not be the case. You want to be able to really consider like, you know, the intricate steps within that activity that you'll want to capture. 
Yeah, excellent, excellent. And um, Teresa, what size companies do you work with? What types of companies? Like, who's a great client for you? Yes. So I currently work with online-based companies, so digital marketing uh, firms. Um, I've worked with I work with uh, software as a service companies, and also as well. Um, uh, a creative consultants. So for example, an SEO consultant, um, uh, online course, uh, uh, um, agencies, um, for example. So in the online space, I am here to, to help them, um, from the solopreneur to the, uh, the, I would like to say a small business. So up to a team of 20 or 25, that's where we can have the most impact made. Yeah, fantastic. All right. So Teresa Trong, again, your website, looplinkinc.com. Uh, go grab the free SOPs. That's very cool. Uh, thank you for doing those. You've got some other, uh, just kind of like spending some time on your site here. You've got other resources, um, yes. media, and then um, they could book, um, looks like you do coffee chats and you do uh, free consultations as well. That's right. Yes, I am always open to meeting new uh, new friends online and just getting to know people. Awesome. All right, Teresa, thank you so much for joining us. This has been great. Again, Loop Link Inc. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Josh. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.